Hi everyone, welcome back to the DJ's Aviation Podcast. I would argue that today is not going to be so much an aviation podcast. The aviation scene has been pretty quiet for the past week and a half. Um, But there's been some issues going on with getting back to Australia. There's been a reduction in international caps, and that's where the focus is going to sit for this episode. So if it's not your thing, no worries. Potentially aviation-related podcasts will come back tomorrow. I mean, next week, pardon me. But in saying that, this still does involve aviation and, and planes, if you will. It's just not related to news. Uh, hope you've all been doing well. Thank you very much for the support on the podcast. We have had a bit of a growth increase in regards to listeners, so a lot of new people have found the podcast, which is great. Um, I don't know whether that comes from putting a few of the extracts on the second channel, which is DJ's Transport, but look, if you're new to the podcast, I do really, really appreciate that, and you're more than welcome to drop it a follow wherever you may be listening. This podcast goes out to God knows how many platforms. I think we're on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, SoundCloud, obviously. Well, I upload it usually, for anyone that's curious, I upload it to SoundCloud and then it's distributed to the other uh, platforms automatically. Um, There are a couple of other, I guess you could say, podcast hosting websites. I know one of the more popular ones is Anchor, which I have been looking at switching to, um, but obviously... I'm not amazing with tech. I mean, I have a fair idea what I'm doing, but I obviously don't want to mess it up too much to a degree where essentially I try and... There we go. The first sirens of the day. How many are we going to have for this episode? I have no idea, but it's been a nightmare of late trying to record anything. So uh, I'll put my hand out now and say I apologize if you hear any background noise. However, living in London during the summer with the window open means sadly we will get some road noise. All we can do is pray for the absolute best that nothing disturbs us too much. As I was saying, though, I've been looking at switching to Anchor for distributing, but uh, I didn't really want to mess up any of the the syncing to do with the podcast and then screw it up somehow and send it to a different feed. And yeah, so at the moment I use uh, SoundCloud and it distributes to all the platforms. Maybe you're listening to it on, whether that's Apple or Spotify and so forth. Um, In regards to subtopics, the main one is really going to be... uh, the dilemma and the problems with getting back to Australia. I am very, very passionate on that matter. So I do apologize if I get too bit, a bit too full on in this podcast, but trust me, um, being a, well, I guess you could say, am I really Australian? We'll get into that because I don't really think I'm Australian at this point. Um, I'm very passionate about it, so we'll get into that. Actually, last week I visited Thought Park, so I guess I'll give my review of Thought Park for people that are interested. Unfortunately, to those that listened to the last podcast, there's no mo- uh, no movie reviews for this one, but next one there will be because I'm going to see Black Widow on Friday, uh, Friday night. So then I might do like a movie review. But for those that really enjoyed uh, hearing the Fast and Furious review, and I think I did the one on Clarkson's Farm um, and maybe Loki. Well, yeah, next week there'll be something to do with movies. I do promise you that. Let's get on to, I guess you could say, the main topic of today. Like I said, I don't know how long this podcast is going to be. We'll just have to see and, and flow with it. These podcasts aren't scripted. I just have like two bullet points of what I want to talk about and uh, we go from there. But pretty much if you're unaware and you're just coming across this podcast for the first time or maybe you have no idea where I'm from, which I know a lot of people don't know. I still get the question to this day. I am Australian born living in the United Kingdom. I've been living in the United Kingdom for two years. However, my visa is coming to an end, which means I need to return back to Australia as I am an Australian citizen and I hold an Australian passport. Of course, during a global pandemic, returning to your home country is maybe I guess you could say an exception. While we've seen 
tourism lack basically everywhere. I mean, it's starting to get a little bit better, but it is still a complete and utter mess. Um, one of the main things that has been allowed is getting back to your home country if you need to. Uh, you'll hear multiple stories, which I will get into because I do want to delve into other people's uh, perspectives and experiences as well as getting into mine. But there's, there can be many reasons as to why you want to uh, go home. For me personally, I don't want to, but uh, my visa is expiring, so I'm not legally allowed to live in the United Kingdom at the moment. So yeah, I have to head back home. My flight is at the end of this month. However, last week, uh, I believe it was after recording the podcast, which I should just mention, this is being recorded on Thursday, the 8th of July at 8.36pm at British Summertime currently in my Discord server. But yeah, uh, a bit after I recorded last week's episode, the news came through thanks to a a press conference from Scott Morrison, the Australian Prime Minister, that um, they were cutting international caps in half for every single state. Now, I get, I've had a few questions when I've told like friends um, about what actually are caps. Caps are the amount of people that are allowed into each state per week. So as an example, when I say, let's say the cap could be a thousand, that would mean that a thousand people would be allowed into that state per week. Now, on the surface, that seems like a lot. But that 1,000 is never really reached. And um, the, the thing they don't tell you is that when you book with the airlines to get home, uh, basically those they, book, they fully book their flights out and then cut back based on what the government says. What I should mention as well is that these caps, which have now been sliced in half, I believe it was at 3,000 and now it's something like... I have to get... Let me get the exact numbers. I've got a couple of useful articles open up that I would like to just read through to give a bit more um, data and so forth. Yeah, so the previous cap was 6,370 per week, and now it's 3,070. This is for the whole of Australia. So you can pl- split that up into states, and the states have varying degrees. My state is Victoria, and that's at roughly 500 per week. Now, when I booked my flight, um, I didn't book when it was 3,000. I booked when it was a lot higher than 6,000, which basically means in simple terms, I'm most likely screwed. Um, flight cancellations have come through for next week, which is around July 14th, 15th, and 16th, but I'm the week and a bit after, which means I'm essentially sat in my flat with my tenancy ending very soon, uh, looking at the, pers- uh, the prospect of having nowhere to live in a couple of weeks with an expired visa and uh, no flight back. That's a very real possibility, Um, and considering the reduction in caps, I am pretty much just awaiting that email. I am flying with Qatar Airways, who I'd argue at the beginning of the pandemic were very, very reliable when it came to getting Australians back to their country. However, now they've pretty much became a bottom tier with regards to an airline you could fly. I'd also just like to make mention that when I booked my flight, I booked it in February of this year, which means, yes, I did get ripped off. I'm not going to lie. I paid around $3,000. You can make of that what you will. That's 3000 one way. Like I said, make of that what you will, but just make note that uh, it wasn't my choice to come back home and I'm having to fork out $3,000. Let me just make note that also I'll need to pay a further $3,000 to stay in government quarantine, which means to get back, I'm looking at including shipping fees back about $8,000 uh, Australian dollars to get back to Australia uh, in the midst of a pandemic. Mind you, I, I can't do anything about that, uh, even if I'm double vaccinated. So we'll have to wait and see on that front. Like I said, the caps have been severely reduced. They've actually, they're being reduced from July the 14th, which means that's that's directly going to impact me. Uh, this is because of the Delta variant outbreak in Australia. Uh, however, I should mention that unless you are a French rugby player, a cricketer, a tennis player, 
uh, or rich, this doesn't, uh, this won't apply to you, I should add. So as an example, the French rugby team recently entered into Australia. There's been the Indian cricket team, which entered back in, I believe, Jan December, January of 2020 into 2021. We've had the Australian Open with all the tennis players, but might I add that no Australian citizen has really been able to get in. Now, you might say, and I've, I've heard the responses time and time again, and I guess the, 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 the reason I want to do this podcast is maybe help someone that's listening understand, because uh, there's a lot of naivety when it comes to this topic. A lot of people will say, and I mean, if you really want to understand, have a look at the Australian media and the comments from Australians. They're very naive, and they, I don't think they understand necessarily the troubles we go to. Um, I'm part of a Facebook group. I can't stand Facebook, but there's a perfect group in there called... Uh, stranded Australians worldwide um, and these are people that you know are trying to get back to their country and I actually have a perfect post which I'd like to pull up on my phone they're trying to get back to their country and we can't we've basically been locked out and and you know what's funny time and time again we are the ones that are blamed for this pandemic and the exposure of the Delta variant in Australia. Now, might I add that the government has had in Australia about 16 months or so to make a suitable quarantine facility. They haven't done that and they then therefore blame us. The other, I guess you could say, trademark thing to say when it comes to blaming someone is, well, why didn't you come back in? I think it was, I'm pretty sure, right? Quite, I mean, you can quote me if I'm wrong, but I think in around March and April, well, it might have been actually March. Basically, the Australian government gave Australians overseas a five-day window to get back from Australia, uh, to get back from wherever they were in the world, whether that's Brazil, London, Italy, wherever it is, back to Australia. Now, you might say to yourself, which I've heard a lot of people say, trust me, I've seen fair share of comments saying, it's your fault that you didn't come back in those five days. Now, what I'd like you to do in your head right now is picture yourself in a flat or in your house in maybe on the coast somewhere in America. Now, you have five days to quit your job, end a tenancy agreement or whatever it is, sell your house, pack up your belongings, book a flight. Now, could I just mention something else? For the most part, you can't get out of those tenancy agreements. So for me personally, I was not able to do that unless I wanted to pay tens of thousands of dollars to not even live in a, in a flat, you know? So it's not as easy, and I think that's one of the things maybe people don't understand. That's not as easy to just pack up your life in five days and come back. It's one of those things of, and I mean, I feel like a lot of us at the beginning of the pandemic were very much under the impression that this wouldn't be a long thing. Uh, that's what everyone, I mean, we we're all pretty naive in that sense, because look, here, here I am in July of 2021 and the pandemic's still ongoing. But I mean, when it first started, I mean, if you're looking here, we had Boris Johnson say it was going to be a two-week thing. Well, that didn't turn into... Uh, a great prediction from him, did it? Seeming it's still going on now. But uh, yeah, so it's not as easy as just packing everything up in those five days. So pretty much because you didn't come back in those five days, it's your fault and you're stranded. I'd like to point out that basically the government in Australia cares more about the sporting people that are coming in from other countries than us. Like I said, I'm part of this Facebook group that has a perfect example of uh, situations that people have gone through. I want to pull up a... I think it's a really good... Uh, post and I mean there's been a couple of other people's examples there's people that have been denied entry there are people that have had to say goodbye to their mother basically on uh, video call as she's dying in the hospital because they're unable to get back then when they try and get compassionate reasons to return home they're denied 
Um, there's people that have sat in government quarantine for two weeks while their dad dies or something like that, have been unable to attend a funeral, not been allowed access. There, there's people that have had their parents die 10 months ago and still can't get back to see any of their family and are stranded in another country. So just to put it into perspective, it's not everyone that just wants to say, come home like me. I'm, I'm very fortunate that there's no... Uh, emotional reason as to why I need to get back but you know there are people that have lost pe uh, relatives and I know there's people that have obviously lost people with COVID but it's one of those things of if, if you're Australian you'll understand that one of the core values is looking after your own and and mateship if you will as cliche as it is mateship is one of the core values for Australia uh, and I think this is one of the, the first well not maybe one of the first you could definitely look at the treatment of indigenous people when it comes to Australia Day and comments from the government but I think one of the this is one of the, the a major showing on just how pathetically bad the treatment of us has been. Now, anyway, this was a this is someone's experience in regards to the government quarantine process, and basically from the airport to the um to the hotel. And I thought I'd just read it out. There's once again, if you want to further educate yourself on the matter, there's Facebook groups, there's articles that I will get into in a second, and uh, uh, there's a lot more. So basically, I'll read it now. My 14 days of solitary paid incarceration has commenced. The process to enter Australia is beyond a joke. We were escorted off the aircraft by police and military personnel. Our first checkpoint took us to the police for a quick interrogation, initial processing prior to a health interrogation, before we were ushered by police to passport control for more traditional... Good question. Ah, hang on. Pardon me. For more traditional entry interrogation. Reason to want to enter Australia is what they were asked. Good question was all I could think of replying. Then baggage claim prior to being escorted by both police and the military to wait for the bus. The army loaded our bags where we had to wait for the police escort to arrive. All on the bus had been double vaccinated from a quick show of hands. Um, police escort then into the uh, city. The 20 odd of us on the bus were taken to a hotel. A beautiful, crisp, sunny Sydney morning. So this is this is in Sydney, New South Wales, for anyone that's curious. Probably the most popular location in Australia. If you're not listening from there, you'll probably know Sydney best. Uh, we arrived at the hotel. The police bus. The police entered the bus, read us basically our charges against humanity for being Australians, wanting to see our family and friends. Now, when I say that, that is because we have to pay in excess of, I think, $3,000. Should I mention that actually that price has increased in some states by about $600 to quarantine? Um, so yeah, you'll, you'll understand why it's a bit ridiculous in a second. Uh, then they advised us that they'd be escorted to our rooms where no key will be given as you're not allowed to leave the room until you're released by them. You would only have allowed one food delivery per day. To enter the hotel, police and army proceeded, uh, processed us, pardon me. Uh, let me get on to the next part. First step was a police overseen hotel check-in. Dietary requirements entered. The next step was uh, onto police data entry station before Oz Army individually escorted me to and passed me on to another Australian Army guy who then escorted me to my room with my bags. I have no view of green. My window does not open. One external food delivery a day. Uh, and then they go on to... Uh, PS on the plus side. Uh, I'm at the Sheraton Grand Hyde. My prison outfit is a hotel dressing gown. Further goes on to say, food thus far will ensure that I lose a lot of weight or end up spending a fortune on Uber Eats. Once again, the food is basically airplane food uh, and you only get it at a set time. So God forbid you miss it, you're done. You won't get food. And then they just go on to say that they saw a pigeon and it was a very, very exciting highlight. Now, you probably look at this and you're like, this could not be too bad. And then they just put at the bottom, edit. My real reason for entering this emotional and financial nightmare is that my mother no longer knows who I am when I call her. I am in a race against time. 
Once again, a little bit of perspective that you can hear this story out, and then right at the end, reason for entering Australia, the army quarantining you and all that crap, and then, you know, it's the mother no longer remembers who the person is. So it's utterly ridiculous, as someone struggling to get back and, and the process of having potentially no longer a flat, nowhere, anywhere to live. Um, once, once again, I'm very lucky that there's no, it's not like I've lost someone or there's some sort of emotional reasons I just have to return. But, you know, think about all the people, the tens of thousands of people that are unable to get back. And I think that it puts it into perspective when Australia has probably been the worst country in the entire world when it comes to this sort of thing. Uh, I will hold my hand up very, very high and say that, and I think everyone can agree with me that Australia and New Zealand handled COVID really, really well in about in 2020. I think we were all very jealous that they had full stadiums and that they basically had no cases whatsoever. However, if you haven't looked at stats recently, Australia actually has basically the lowest vaccination rate out of anyone, about of any country. I think what they're fully vaccinated like 5% and, um, they're only vaccinating like what 50,000 people a day it is some pathetically low number they're they're out they don't have enough vaccines to vaccinate people the the prime minister doesn't believe they need to vaccinate people because they've kept co well pardon me he doesn't believe they need to but they've kept COVID out but now basically i think how many states almost all the states are now in lockdown because of an outbreak of the delta variant um and now, I think rightfully so, uh, American newspapers and, and worldwide media coverage is starting to finally pick up on how bad Australia has been. I'll read an article from the Washington Post, which I think says enough because, you know, it's being covered more by American media than Australian media, the impact on us. So, I'll read you this. Uh, a man named Sam missed his brother's wedding and his grandmother's funeral and couldn't be around to help when his father was in hospital being treated for an infection after hip surgery. His voice tremors down the phone from Belfast as he reflects on how far he feels from home. It's not the distance, he says, but the unease of not knowing when he'll get back to Australia. I didn't expect I wouldn't be home for Christmas. I don't think there's been much chance of getting home in 2022 now. Uh, well over a year into the pandemic, Australia is officially closed to everyone but citizens, residents and their immediate family. With just a few thousand a week allowed to enter, legions of Australians are stranded abroad, unable to get on scarce and eye-wateringly expensive flights that are actually running near empty because of arrival caps. I say near empty, I'm talking single digits, just to put it into perspective. Single digits on a 777 or an Airbus A380 or an Airbus A350. We're talking single digits or very, 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 you know, basically your teens, 13, 14, 16, 17, you know, utterly, utterly ridiculous. And, and some of these planes are actually flying empty with just cargo on board. Um... And when I say, I, well, when I read this article, eye-wateringly expensive flights, if I told you that the amount I paid, which was 3000 one way, was cheap, and you don't believe me, well, I, I suggest you do believe me, because uh, at times it can get up to $30,000. And I think one of the main concerns for me personally in regards to getting my flight cancelled is they are prioritising those who paid more. Now, when I played, now, once again... $3,000 is a lot of money, but in regards to getting a ticket back, it's not. It's quite cheap, actually. So the problem is just that, that they are prioritizing business class passengers and people that paid more for their ticket. I did not pay more for my ticket, <laughs> so I'm basically at the bottom of the pecking order. We'll have to wait and see if I'm doing it on my plane. It'll be an absolute miracle, but I'm already making plans. Research. Well, I mean, I say already making plans. I can't make plans until my flight's cancelled. <laughs> I'm in such a holding pattern of packing up my flat, um, as I'll get into later in this podcast, a mad rush trying to get both channels covered. And um, yeah, so I'll continue with this article. 
The government last week promised to increase repatriation flights, but there are ways around the border uh, blockade, as those who are good at swinging a racket, wielding a bat, or kicking a ball have found. On Wednesday, the French rugby team played Australia's national team, the Wallabies, in Brisbane, after entering the country last month on a charter flight under a deal arranged with none other than the Australian government and state officials in New South Wales. The team entered a private quarantine facility in Sydney for 14 days, paid for by Rugby Australia, according to a person familiar with the arrangements. The players then flew to Brisbane on Tuesday night ahead of a game, according to a post on the team's website. I don't begrudge the fact that a sports team can come in. I begrudge the ease which they get to do it compared to the ordinary citizen, this is what Sam is saying, who's given up trying to get home to visit and wonders if he'll ever be returned permanently to the country he feels has failed me and other abandoned Australians. Officials defended exemptions along with the country's strict COVID-19 rules. The politicians have credited for keeping virus cases to about 30,000 with 910 deaths, which I may add is great, but there's a deeper issue to this. Uh, Stimulating the Australian economy is an important part of post-COVID-19 recovery, a spokesperson for the Australian Border Force said in response to an emailed questions. Inwards travel exemption applications for economic benefit and applications for compassionate reasons are assessed against separate criteria and should not be compared. So, once again, basically what we're saying is, is that if your entire family dies, unfortunately, in a burning building, the Australian government will say, I'm sorry, but no. However, oh wait, hang on, do you play rugby? Do you play rugby? Oh, come in, come in, come in. Do you want to, like, see the sights? We'll put you on a cruise. Oh, I'm so sorry about your family, though, but no. No, stay there. Utterly, utterly ridiculous. I'll continue on with the article. Other sports stars permitted to enter Australia have included the Indian cricket team, as I mentioned, and tennis players contesting the Australian Open. But the Australian Grand Prix, may I add, has been cancelled, something I was actually pretty excited to go and see. As for people that are curious, I've been getting into Formula 1 a lot more of late and bought F1 2021 on the PS4. Well, the PS4 that's in Australia that I may not get to actually touch. But yeah, I have been getting into Formula 1, so that was an event I was actually excited to go to. And lo and behold, it's being cancelled. Australians aren't yet to able quarantine at home either and must isolate for two weeks in a hotel, even if fully vaccinated. Some have been left homeless or in financial difficulty overseas, which once again is my position anyway. Um, having given up housing in anticipation of flights that were subsequently axed. Once again, uh, people that will say extend your lease, that's not possible. If you have ever rented a flat and if you're on a visa that is, say, two years, which is for me, it's not possible to just extend your lease if you're not allowed to stay here, Uh, especially when it's hard enough. It's impossible to get a visa extension unless my flight gets cancelled. And then you deal with the whole process of three months until your next flight and it's very difficult to find a place to live for three months without breaking the bank. Um, then we've seen a, a quote saying, my, my beautiful mum died today suddenly at home in Australia. I've tried, but I can't get there to hold her hand one last time or go to the funeral. This is what border closures and arrival caps really mean. This is a, another uh, tweet that has gone viral as well. Uh, on Twitter, apparently it was written, I've tried, but I can't get there. Uh, reached by the Washington Post, the person said that she had since been contacted by the Australian High Commission which is going above and beyond to get me home, which once again doesn't mean anything. I've personally been on the phone to the Australian High Commission, and um, when I say it took me 50 minutes to get to actually speak to someone, uh, I mean it. It took me 50 minutes to get some help, and then when I got some help, I say help, I didn't get any help whatsoever. Basically, it was like talking to a brick wall. Um, Now, might I add, this is the High Commission, and this is the Australian Embassy. Now, if you've watched any movie or TV show, you may recall that embassies are usually the place of where 
the citizens can go for help and feel safe with. As I've said so many times to like my partner and my and even my parents, um, you almost don't feel Australian. You almost feel like you're citizenless, and I and I don't have a um a, a home residence, a home country. I am very very grateful to still have an Australian passport. I think an Australian passport is something that is really desirable. Um, similar to, even though it has its issues, an American passport, a British one, you know, a Canadian one. They are desirable passports at the end of the day. If you go to certain areas of the globe, um, of the less fortunate, they would 100% love an Australian passport. Because prior to the pandemic, the Australian passport that I'm holding in my right hand right now is incredibly valuable. And I'm very privileged, and it, it has a degree of privilege to it by having this passport. However, this passport genuinely is worthless at the moment and i never thought i would you know say that but it is and while you could say oh that's just because of covid it's not just because of covid it's because i don't live in the country at the moment and therefore this passport is useless to me i am effectively you know i have nowhere to go (laughs) what a mess it is anyway i'll continue with this article um yet the prospect for many stranded australians are getting worse not better airlines warned of fresh disruption after prime minister scott morrison under the pressure from state leaders facing new virus outbreaks agreed to halve the weekly arrival intake um the premier of queensland state where where wednesday's rugby game took place had championed the push to make it harder to enter australia last month she called for a massive reduction in arrivals interstate travel restrictions have also been reimposed while sydney remains in lockdown But patience is wearing thin, especially as the United States and Europe are moving beyond restrictions and travel curbs and relying on vaccinations to limit the virus's spread. Fewer than 8% of Australians are fully vaccinated. The problem lies with the leaders who have... uh, uh, I'm not sure what that is. A human tragedy. Prioritising an unsustainable border closure while neglecting vaccinations to create a false sense of security for Australians. This is someone who flew in recently from Hong Kong. Um... And they just go on, there's more examples. It's like, while other countries are learning to live with the virus and moving to remove quarantine altogether, our Prime Minister puts on a populist charade portraying the UK as a hellscape. Yet we can see our friends going on European holidays in our Instagram feeds and full crowds at Wimbledon and the Euros. And I mean, there's now countless articles. I applaud the Washington Post. I applaud any media publication that is covering this because it's not being covered enough. Like I said on the off chance that the Australian media discusses the caps and the struggles of Australians. Um, It's met with thousands of comments of Australians basically uh, clowning fellow Australians and and making us look bad for abandoning the country. Might I just reiterate, I came here in July of 2019. If you track back two years, there was no such thing of coronavirus. So I did not not leave the country um, while there was coronavirus. So... I don't really understand how that's my fault, how it's been portrayed as my fault. Um, but yeah, it is a complete and utter mess. I hope that maybe this has enlightened you. There's a, there's more data with regards to the limited caps. Originally, there's apparently going to be some sort of review on the 31st of August with regards to caps going back to normal. Um, when I say normal, I still mean very, very little people, but a little bit higher than what they are. But should I mention that's a review and that likely will not be happening and it's already being said that the caps at this really low number will be in place until year's end. So there's the very real possibility that I could have my flight cancelled at the end of July, be rescheduled for October, have my flight cancelled in October and come the beginning of 2022 I could be sat still coming to you from London. Don't get me wrong, 
I would love to stay here. I don't want to leave. I've already said that, I think, many, many times. I don't want to leave, but it comes a point in time where it's like it, it can screw up your life beyond belief. I've not seen my partner in, you know, a very, very long time. And uh, obviously that's not going to be made any easier when you're going back to sort of Australia, a country that refuses to open itself up. So there's many, there's many concerns and many difficulties with it all. Uh, I won't say that I'm the only person. There's unfortunately people listening that may have lost family members who I don't want to come across selfish that, God, just because I have problems, the world's ending. Um, at the end of the day, though, this is my podcast, but I don't want to, I don't want to come across like, you know, I'm being incredibly selfish, but it's very, very stressful. Um, I've actually, if you've been checking my social media, I've actually had to uh, give out a form, which I haven't really done. And it's basically asking for people for help regarding my channels um, paid help. So I'm paying people to write some scripts for me now. If you're listening to this, and actually, to be fair, I'm not sure if there'll be... Mm, not sure. But yeah, basically, I'm having to get people to uh, write some scripts. You know, I've been working on the second channel nonstop. I'm producing all the content for like today, but I'm also working for the end of July because if I if I do go back, I won't be able to provide uh, make content while I'm flying back, while I'm sat in a hotel waiting to leave because might I add my flight's already been cancelled once it got pushed back three days I was lucky but those three days uh I was not planning to have that happen because I was going to be in my flat I now need to still book a hotel for those three days and you know and then it's transporting all my belongings there and then you look it's just a complete not a mess life has been very very stressful um and I'm sure it has been for everyone at some point and I think now it's, it's probably catching up to me you know constantly being tired panicking every time I see a notification from my emails, um, thinking that it could potentially be Qatar Airways <laughs> emailing me to say your flight's been cancelled. Because like I said, my flight's been cancelled once, but I've had about 10 time changes. Now, those time changes could be like 20 minutes, but it hasn't left me hopeful that uh, it won't be cancelled. And like I said, I should find out maybe by the end of next week. But see, the problem is, is that I could find out my flight's cancelled as I'm heading to the airport. That is how bad it is, to put it into perspective. So think about it, right? You have nowhere to live. You've just checked out of your hotel with your, all your life belongings in your suitcases, and you arrive at the airport, and they say your flight's cancelled. What do you mean? And you have, and you got to wait another three months. You know what? A complete not a mess. And I think it's harder for me in a sense of, uh, on one hand, I'm very, very lucky that I have a job that can be done anywhere. So, as an example, I can do my work. Uh, in Cape Town, I could do my work in Australia, I could do my work in the UK, I could do my work in, you know, Canada, I could do it anywhere. But it's the principle of it's very difficult if you're if you have nowhere to set up to make the content. And once again, for anyone that is just curious, um, you don't get paid sick leave with what I do. You don't get paid if, and it's just going to sound really horrible, but uh, typically if you have, say, a family member passed away and you're working a normal job, you will get usually you're able to take some sort of paid leave or they'll support. There's no support whatsoever, you know? So the reason why I'm, I'm going absolutely nuts at the moment when it comes to stress and, and, and pre-planning content is because if I don't provide any content, the way, unfortunately, YouTube works is just people leave, you know? I've, I don't really take breaks. I think I've taken maybe two, two or three breaks in, like, three years, four years now, something like that, because we're approaching my sixth anniversary on YouTube, in fact, in about a week. But uh, I've not taken many breaks, and um, always when I found I've taken a break, as in I've not done any content, people just like leave and just can't be bothered, and they go somewhere else. So that's always the concern: is like there's all this stress, but 
realistically, I wouldn't I wouldn't be making content and I'd just be having a break for a week to sort out life stuff. But you can't do that because then you can come back to nothing and YouTube will stop, you know, recommending your content, stop showing people your content and people get bored. People have very short attention spans. That's what I mean in the sense of um, it's that sort of thing. Not for my actual like subscribers, but I know the people that will just pass through based off recommendations. You know, if that's not going to show up, they're not going to look for a channel. Um, so yeah, lots of stress regarding that. I think that's enough of the, the doom and gloom. I've been ranting for 32 minutes. God, I, I thought this was going to be a 20 minute podcast, but like I said, um, I'm very passionate about it as someone who has been experiencing all the difficulties as someone who is really struggling right now with the stresses and, and I say all this and I, I still don't know what's going on. That's one of the, the hardest things about the situation is, you know, I still don't know what's going on at all. I don't know what my future holds for two weeks. I've just got to got to deal with it, uh, which shouldn't be the case. As an Australian, I should be entitled to coming back home if something happens, just as anyone else should be if they've lost their mother or father or if they need to get back for urgent reasons. You should be allowed to do that. You shouldn't have to be made to wait a year and pay $30,000 to get back. Because might I add, there are families that are trying to get back that have had to pay in excess of $40,000. Sometimes I just think it's a little bit ridiculous. But anyway, let's just close that chapter of the podcast because it's been it's been a bit too full on. I'm well aware of that. Um, and exciting news, I went to Thorpe Park last weekend all by myself, which I'll add maybe wasn't that much fun. But see, I do a lot of things by myself. I'm one of those people that enjoys um, my own company. So I do a lot of things by myself that maybe would be stereotypically not... Uh, how do I put it? Would maybe not stereotypically be... I guess you could say it would be frowned upon, i.e. going to watch a movie by yourself. I don't go to the movies with anyone. Always go by myself. Um, and like I said, that that may be stereotypically frowned upon, but I do it. Just as going to a theme park and riding the rides by myself might be frowned upon. But hey, I did it. Um, and it was fun. Bar the queues. I mean, it was quite busy, Thought Park. I've never been. The only theme parks I've really been to are the ones in Australia. So I've never been to Thought Park, and it was quite cool. Quite cool. I went on... I'm not a huge roller coaster person, uh, in fact, I've never really been on the high-speed ones. I'm not going to lie. They do scare me a little bit. But I went on a ride called the Stealth. In fact, I'm looking at a, a fridge magnet that I bought from the ride. If you type in Stealth Thought Park, you might be able to get a brief explanation of what it is. But it's very, very fast. Very steep. And probably not the best ride to pick if you've never really been on a fast ride. Because I swear to God, I probably passed out like five times going up. Well, not actually, but you know, I don't really remember much from it. I think I was very... Very ex- Nah, well, I wouldn't say I was that excited. I was just like, let me do it. It's a great experience. And then I was sat in the car, like, ready to be propelled forward. And I was like, this is really cool. And then I think as I propelled forward, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> and you go up vertically and you come down vertically. And personally, I've never done anything like that. Once again, I'm pretty scared. Um, I don't really care if people find that, like, embarrassing or, you know, say I'm, I'm weak. Personally, I just find them scary. So I tried to bite the bullet and do this. And it was a mistake. I probably should have worked my way up to it. But I did it. Um, I wouldn't say I enjoyed it, but I did it. Uh, I went on a, a bunch of other rides, some water rides, like the tower drop one. I wanted to go, well, to be fair, did I really want to? Maybe not. But obviously the main ride at Thought Park is the Nemesis Inferno, but the queues were like two and a half hours. I'm not a lie. I don't really fancy standing for two and a half hours. One day I'll go back um, and I'll do it when it's not as busy. Um, whether that's uh, I probably didn't help because I went on a Saturday, so... From my part, it probably wasn't good thinking. I probably should have gone midweek. If I have a spare day, I might go back to try and... I didn't get to ride the majority of the rides because they were either shut or the queues were two plus hours, 
which is just like, I'm not waiting that long for a 30-second ride. You know what I mean? I don't know if you have the same thinking as me, but it's like I'm not queuing that long. I'll queue for like half an hour, maybe 45, 50 minutes, but when we're looking at like two hours, I'm not queuing for that long. Um, but I had fun. I was actually shocked that Thought Park is so close to London. I didn't, I didn't know that. Once again, I don't live here permanently. I've only been here two years, which kind of sounds ridiculous that I still don't really know. But hey, I don't know all the locations and distances. Um... And I, w I was surprised that it was only like a 20 minute train ride away. So I was like, that's good. And then I had to get on some Thought Park Express bus, which is maybe like a 20 minute ride. But like I said, it was pretty close. It made getting to and from pretty easy. Um, and that was pretty, that was a lot of fun. I'm just trying to think what else has really happened. Look, it's been utter stress. Uh, like I said, work has been ongoing with the second channel. That is what I've really been working on at the moment. You might be like, what? What's to show for it? Well, nothing's to show for it at the moment because this is scheduled videos that are coming out. I have on my Google Calendar, which I'll pop up now on my screen, I've got basically a brief outline on when videos are going to be going out, when I will not be able to make them. I'm hoping that providing my flight goes ahead, you'll be getting regular content on both channels. Um, when I say regular content, I mean like basically if... If there's a video on DJ's Aviation one day, the next day there might be not, but there'll be a DJ's Transport one, and then some days there might be a video on both. Basically, I want it to look as if I'm not even doing anything in my personal life. <laughs> Basically, like I'm still making content, except it's going to be scheduled. So at the moment, I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven or so uh, DJ's Transport videos that are, are going to be going out during that period. I'm hopefully returning to Australia. If not, well, then I've done all this for nothing, and uh, it will just be when I'm trying to find a new flat. I guess I'll have some time off. Let me just have a look at how many have been done. One, two, three, four, five. Five of those videos have been done. One, I'm awaiting from someone who is helping me write the script for that, and then the other one I haven't done yet because it's meant to be a podcast extract, and I haven't recorded the podcast to make it an extract. So, yeah. As for my main channel, that's where it's been a little bit harder because I feel like analysis videos don't really do that well on the channel anymore. There was definitely a time and place for them, as in, like, why does this happen, or what... I feel like that's... It's still something that's requested, but uh, not many people watch it. It's It seems like it's a, not a niche thing, but it just doesn't do well. People prefer news stuff. Uh, but at, unfortunately, it's going to have to be analysis content, which if you're listening to this and that's your cup of tea, well, then I'm sure you're over the moon, but... For me, I'm a bit concerned about how the channel's going to do, but it is what it is. It's some videos, so hopefully people enjoy them. At the moment, I only have uh, two videos written, planned. One's completely uploaded and scheduled. The other one's in the editing stages. Actually, it's about halfway through the edit, which I'll finish basically after this podcast. And then um, I will have to plan some other videos around that. The positive is next week is the Farnborough Airshow Connect. So it's like a watered-down Farnborough Airshow without the flying displays. I'm hoping that there'll be some really, really intriguing news. I think, if anything, the fact that it's been quiet this week maybe gives me some hope that we'll get some interesting stories coming out of there and maybe interesting comments from executives that I could cover on the channel. But uh, that, that's my hope, and then that way I can produce three videos a day, but maybe delay some of the release of those videos, and then hopefully I'll be all good for the main channel. Um, but yeah... Next week, I'm going to a university for a campus tour. This is the university that, if you've been listening to the podcasts, I've, I'm looking at applying for. Well, not looking to. I'm basically going to be applying for for an entry next year. So I'm pretty excited. I've spoken to the head of the course program. I've spoken to people that 
studying there. I've sent through all my work, my portfolio, and they really like it. I wouldn't say that means I'm going to get accepted <laughs> um, because uh, one of the main things, I mean, you can probably tell from these podcasts because I'm a bit all over the place, but I did I did struggle in school, in education. I was not great at it. Um, not that I really received any help from teachers. They kind of gave up on me, sadly. But education was not my forte, if you will. I'm, I'm not great at remembering things. It's something I've never been good at, and I don't deal with stress that well, so exams are not very good for me. Maybe there's someone listening to this that can relate to that. But obviously, in this day and age, you can only get into university if you have a, uh, a brilliant score at the end of your high school. And, and I didn't have that because of my exams. So uh, going straight into university was not an option. But now I will be 21 when I... Uh, ap- not apply. When I enter university, I'll be 21, hopefully, which means they consider other things. As in, what have you been doing for the past three years? And I'm not going to lie doing what I've been doing because I especially want to go into journalism uh, has sort of been like journalism and media is one I want to go into. And I guess doing what I've been doing is a decent portfolio to say the least from podcasting to uh, the videos, to just the scripts overall. Like I have every script saved to my video editing and, and you know, all that kind of jazz and just putting together things and branding. And yeah, so I'm, I'm hope I'm going to the campus tour next week to where I want to go, which should be really exciting. I'll probably update how that went. Uh, and yeah, other than that, I think we've been going for 42 minutes. I feel like I've covered everything. I hope this podcast, I mean, if you're still listening, I don't know if anyone listens to this podcast all the way through, but if you do, I really appreciate it. Um, I'll say it again, like I always say it, I hope this podcast is not crap in any way. I hope um, you have enjoyed listening, whether you've maybe been doing the dishes. I know some people actually listen to these podcasts on flights, which is quite cool. So the people that may listen to this on a plane, hats off to you. I really appreciate it. I hope you are enjoying the flight. To the people that listen to this on long car journeys, thank you very much again. And uh, yeah, it's just a fun thing to do. I don't take it too seriously. Um, maybe I have more so by trying to talk about aviation, but like I, like I said at the start of this podcast... It's been a very, very dire week, bar, unfortunately, multiple plane crashes, which is tragic, like always. And I feel like it's it's a thing of, it seems to always come in threes whenever there are incidents. I feel like we have a very, a very safe, like, seven months, and then bang, three days in a row, there's three crashes. Deadly ones, might I add. Um, and yeah, so that, that's been quite sad, and I think other than that, nothing really has gone on. So hopefully next week, uh, there'll be an aviation segment for your faces, potentially... Uh, well, for your ears, more like it. <laughs> Potentially, we'll have news coming from the Farnborough Airshow Connect, which means that, theoretically, there'll be more for me to talk about. Maybe it'll be an aviation special. Who knows? But other than that, thank you very much for listening. I really appreciate the support. I hope you take care. Um, this is being streamed, once again, in my Discord server. You can join. The link should be in the show notes. Otherwise, our vanity URL is discord.gg forward slash aviation. I think we're around about 3,400 members, and... Look, there's people in there every single day that love to talk aviation, trains, Formula One. I mean, we've been talking about the Euros. So for anyone that is listening to this, tomorrow's the final for the Euros. But throughout, people have been chatting about the Euros. We've got football, hockey, baseball, basketball. There's a little bit of everything for everyone from homework to school. And and yeah, so if you'd like to join, feel free to join up there. And uh, you can then listen to the podcasts live and you can get them technically early. (laughs) But uh, yeah, until then, thank you very much. Hope you enjoyed listening. I hope you enjoyed a bit of insight into the troubles of an Australian trying to get back home. And like I said, all the other examples. 
enjoyed a little bit of a Thought Park discussion and a bit more relaxed last 15 minutes. So yeah, until the next one, take care. Continue enjoying the content on all the channels. Um, if you don't watch the videos, I'll just see you in the next podcast. Um, and yeah, bye-bye. Thank you for tuning into another episode of the DJ's Aviation Podcast. If you haven't already, feel free to follow my socials, being that of YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram, all under the DJ's Aviation Branding. If you're interested in seeing my large collection of car, transport, aviation, and natural landscape photography, you can check me out on Flickr. Interested maybe in also joining a Discord community with thousands of members, you can do so with the vanity URL of discord.gg forward slash aviation. We'd certainly love to see you there. Until the next podcast, be safe and take care.